0: in today's show we're looking ahead to saturday's action in the nba giving you streaming options for that and for the back-to-back michael bolton thanks josh it's michael bolton here and it's time for another episode of the locked on fantasy basketball podcast let's get to it let's get to it indeed you are locked on fantasy basketball your daily fantasy basketball podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. And available on all platforms. We're here to take a look at the games for Saturday, the 29th yeah, 29th of October in the NBA, what we're watching for, what developments we're looking to see take place, which players' performances we're looking to dig in on, and some streaming options to add off the waiver wire. So, Warnie, let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> Heaton Kings, Is the first game up. Miami is three and a half point favorites. Weirdly, no total available for that one at the moment. We're gonna watch Caleb Barton, who had the Thursday Wednesday, Thursday back to back. Big game Wednesday, poor game Thursday. Um, look, his role is locked in, he gets basically 29 minutes every single night. The production's going to be up and down. He's never going to be a high usage player. He can occasionally get some boards, he might get some steals. He's solid enough to be a 12-team league player. Um, and you probably should have him on your roster, but his upside is really, really quite limited. And he's probably going to sit there as your 12th best player, maybe 13th best player. But let's see if he can change our minds on that. Then there's uh, Tyler Hero. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. He was really, really good to start the season and then has been quite bad the last couple of games. And I think it's a great illustration of just the way that players performances can can change, I guess. His first games, 23 points, 25 points, then 14, 8, and 6, 22, 15, and 4, like great games. And then the next two games, 14, 4, and 4 on 39%, and 7, 4, and 2 on 25%. And that has meant the ranking has come back from top 20 to top 70. And we just realized that players like this, yeah, you know, in different roles, things are going to change. And he was weirdly getting a ton of rebounds, and a lot of usage. And that has basically dropped off every game as we move forward. Is this the new norm where he sits at 23, 24 usage? Because he's been actually under 22 the last two games. And he gets four rebounds and a couple of assists. And he's had one steal in his last five games. Yeah. This is sort of where I thought he should have been drafted in that 70 to 95 zone. He started off well above expectations and he's fallen below them. So let's see what he can do to change um, that trajectory. For the Kings, Malik Monk has been really good the last two games. It did help that Kevin Herter banged his shoulder in the last game and played under 20 minutes. Herter is fine, but in the game prior to that, they used Monk in place of DeMontis Sabonis and went really small. If Monk can get 25 minutes a night, and he looks clearly ahead of Davion Mitchell, who looks actually pretty terrible this season. um, Monk is clearly ahead of Mitchell. Don't know that he gets ahead of... um, Herder, but if they go smaller a lot and Barnes and Sabonis miss out, then there, there is something there for Monk. He's at least a watch and he's not a bad ad. And he's definitely a solid stream for Saturday. And then Sabonis, two really poor games in a row. Benched two games ago, frozen out offensively last game. He's got a defensive issue in terms of where the hell he fits on the court. Offensively, he's a guy that thrives having the ball and orchestrating things, but the Kings don't want that. They want Darren Fox to do that, rightfully so, I believe. So he's sort of lost. He's not really taking shots. He's still getting decent assist numbers. He almost had a double, double, triple-double last game, right? But it's just not, he's not working in the flow of that the moment. He's just a weird fit. I think he's going to improve. In fact, I'm pretty certain, if I have a look at what he's done this year, he's averaging 13, 10, and 6, but it's only 30 minutes a night. And the usage is well down. So I'm a little worried about the minutes. I'm a little worried about the usage for Sabonis. Let's see what changes. Oladipo will be out. Jertsen will be out. While Dwayne Dedman, no revenge game maybe. I don't know. He's questionable. With him out, they played Jovic um, in those lineups. and went super small with Jimmy Butler playing a lot of center last time. Warriors Hornets. It's a back-to-back for Charlotte. The Warriors are eight and a half point favorites, as they should be. And the total is 235. I want to see what is going on with Jordan Poole because he's not even sniffing 30 minutes I think the highest he's played is 27 he played 21 last game his assist numbers are really good but the usage is just not there the efficiency is struggling and he needs big minutes and good usage to be the guy that he was last season and a lot of our fears on pool have come true to an extent which I didn't think they would I'd like to I'd like to see the minutes push up for once like get to 30. I, I just don't think they're gonna And more likely, more importantly, I'd like to see him hit some shots. I also want to watch um, Blunty, Jim Wiseman. As you're well aware, and and it's important to note, and I I say this repeatedly because it's important for you guys, the listeners and the viewers, to understand my inherent biases. We all have them. I don't think Wiseman's very good. I don't think he's going to develop into an all-star level center. I think he might become a back-end starting caliber center, but I do not think he is good now. So whatever I say about Wiseman, I come in with that idea going, "Mm, I never really saw it with this guy, and I still haven't seen it. But people are holding on to him like he is the second coming. Wiseman's rostered in, according to our advanced metric, 98% of advanced leagues. They're the leagues that are um, competitive cash leagues. 98%, what are you guys doing? He's 197th ranked player. And yes, he is worth having because they've got the Saturday, Sunday back-to-back. But what has he done that's made you go, yeah, this is the guy I want? I, I, I personally don't understand it. So I'll watch again. I'll watch to see the minutes. I'll watch to see how it looks, to see if something can change my mind. But I, I really don't think it will. For the Hornets, we'll get a little bit more of a data point here on Friday for the Hornets. But Jalen McDaniels has been someone who's been one of the more added players in fantasy. And as you know what I'm going to say, it's people chasing He's hitting 75% of his threes this season. And he's still only averaging 11 points. So he's averaging 2.3 threes per game. So we're talking seven of those 11 points per game are coming because he's hitting 75% from deep and he's not going to stick. 11, 5, and 2 with a block. It's it's just not... It's The bubble is going to burst. It is going to burst big. And I really like Jalen McDaniels. But I don't think he's a must. I, I know he's not a top 65 player, which is where he currently is. So... Let's. I'm more interested in what role he gets. Like, does a 23 minutes stick? I don't know. Um, and then Kelly Oubre, who has been up and down for sure. His efficiency from the field and from the line struggles. He's had two assists over four games, but somehow he's had eight steals over four games. So I think those two things are going to level off in the middle. And he's a 12-team league guy. I don't know that it necessarily lasts long term. DiVincenzo will be out for the Warriors. LaMelo Ball will be out. And I'd expect that Martin, Cody Martin, and Rogier are out as well. They will miss Friday's game, Cody Martin and Terry Rogier. We don't know about on Saturday. And of course, Dennis Smith is the guy. I haven't put him here because I've talked about him a lot. Dennis Smith is an absolute guaranteed must roster player while Rogier and Ball are out. After that, I highly doubt it. But he is now. And you just got to keep rolling with that until those blokes um, end up returning. Price picks is. Daily fantasy, and it's easy. It's so straightforward. It's not about going in there and you know trying to um, get in there and build a format with a salary cap and a roster to go up against thousands of different people. It's just you against player projections. So whether you want James Wiseman over under five and a half rebounds, what do you think? More or less, go and pick it, choose it. Jordan Poole over under 13 and a half points. I'm making these lines up, but they could be there. This is just me setting lines on the fly over under. What do what you ever to do? Up to five of those individual player projections, you put them into a lineup. It's, it's quick. You do it under 60 seconds. And if and when you win, the withdrawals are safe and fast as well. This is available in over 30 US states and in Canada as well. But you know, you know it's not just the NBA because once the professional disc golf season kicks off, I believe I've been told it's January. We're going to get the new season. The new pro league of disc golf is going to start in January. You can do disc golf lineups and I can't wait. But you can also do the NFL. Who's heard of that? Disc golf's where it's at. And NBA, I said that already. Major League Baseball, NHL, women's college basketball, men's college basketball, um, college football, golf, esports, MMA, boxing, a million other things. Cricket, European basketball. Mate, they might even have women's volleyball in there. Who knows? There are so many different options that they can have. So download the PrizePicks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, price picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, price picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to 100 dollars dues. That's it. That is the read. I thought there was more. I don't know what happened there. Anyway, paces Nets. Nets are 10.5-point favorites. The total is 234. It is a back-to-back for the old Indiana Pacers. I wonder if there's any Miles Turner ankle flare-up soreness back-to-back nonsense. I don't know. We will watch it. Turner played 24 minutes in his return. I had four blocks. Yeah, he's going to put up numbers. And I'm not convinced that he gets traded. Let me try that again. Out of everybody that we rumor to be traded, him or Buddy Heald or Clarkson or Conley or those guys, Turner is the most likely in my opinion. But I think if you're going to set a likelihood of any one player getting traded, you've always got to have it at under 50%. But I think you know, Turner does, not anytime soon. Right, that's a complete tangent. Regardless, what I was trying to get to is, it doesn't really matter to me if Turner gets traded. I think his production will be good wherever it goes. But let's watch what he can do. How do the minutes push up in this one? And then let's watch Humpty Dumpty, Benedict Matherin, who started out on fire like... So many players do, and I posited this as a potential theory, that he went crazy, and then NBA teams went, okay, we are not letting this rookie do this. Let's uh, let's put a bit of pressure on, and we've started to see it come down. He's 87th at the moment for the season. We're seeing that efficiency, which was bananas. His three-point shooting's dropped under 40. His field goals were dropped under 46. Um, he's getting you no steals or no assists, really. That it could end up becoming where he turns into a fringe player. He isn't. But if instead of averaging 21, he averages 17, 4, and 2 with a steal, that's valuable, but it's 11th or 12th best player valuable. Let's see if he can arrest the the trend of him uh, pushing down. For the Nets, Benjamin Simmons. Um, just be more aggressive, mate. Like, I thought the start of that game... Against Dallas yesterday, he looked solid. He was attacking. I know there was an air ball layup, which is, yeah, it's funny, right? But it's more the attacking nature, and they thought he looked better doing that. But it's still a weird fit. And then his impact on Nick Claxton at this point is undeniable. Last two games, Simmons over 30 minutes, Claxton under 30. The games before, Simmons under 30, Claxton above. They take Cla- Simmons out of the game early and they replace him as the backup centre. So that means that old mate Dayron Sharp, unfortunately, and I like Sharp, Dayron Sharp is out of the rotation. But this is, this is really impact. And Claxon's is one of the biggest punt free throw guys in the NBA. So we're watching that because you almost can't compete with how much he's getting to the line. And his minutes are down. And he's not a droppable player. But that value we saw spike early on. It's disappearing. It, a lot of people have asked me, do I, do I drop Ben Simmons? You don't. You don't drop Nick Claxon either. But we want to see what direction this is headed. TJ Warren will be out. Uh, Joe Harris will return for Brooklyn. After missing last game, Mark, if Morris will also be back, we don't know if Seth Curry is going to be available to make his uh, season debut. He's currently questionable to play in that game. Sixers Bulls. No spread or total available at this stage for this game. But there was an interesting addition to the injury report, and that is the big fella, Joel Embiid, with a knee issue. Uh-oh. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Embiid's dealt with... A lack of fitness due to plantar fasciitis and now a knee issues popping up. It's not ideal. It's, it's not to say he's going to miss. Um, but we knew that with everyone outside of the top two, well, even Giannis had picked two, that there was doubts about some of these guys, about their ability to stay healthy, Embiid and Durant particularly. Um, and it's why, in general, I did prefer Harden over those two, even though he's had his own injury issues in the past. Let's hope it's nothing Any plays. It is a back to back for both that said for both of these teams. So we don't know at this point whether Levine's going to play. He's going to miss one of the games. I don't know if it's going to be Friday or Saturday. So if Levine does miss, well actually let's talk about the Sixers first. If Embiid's out, do they start Montrez Harrell lol or do they start Paul Reed? I think they'd start Paul Reed because let's be fair, Montrez Harrell is absolutely washed. And I would rather stream Reed than Harold, but I also know that their coach is washed. So he might make a poor decision. Dr. Rivers might make, make a... I've never seen that before. Have you ever seen Doc Rivers make a bad uh, rotation decision? Hmm. Yeah, well, this is always a first time. So we'll see what they do with Reed and Harrell in that scenario where Embiid sits. And I also want to watch De'Anthony Melton because last game, it was Im- impressive. We got the minutes back up. I'm not ready to do the Melton dance yet. But if he gets 25, he is a 12-team league player. He's not there yet. Doesn't Embiid absence help him? And they go a lot smaller with PJ Tucker playing more center. Tucker's struggling a bit as well. It's possible. That's definitely a stream option there for Melton for the Bulls. We want to watch the rabbit hunter, Alex Caruso. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. He's really not useful outside of steel streaming if Levine is in. But if Levine is out, then we can have a little bit more value. And then I want to watch Vooch. It's a it, it it. bitch. Because he's been okay. 17 and 12. Really bad field goal percentage. 17 and 12 is pretty solid. The rebound numbers are really good. But I want to sort of see where he settles in. In games where Levine is out, usage will probably go up. He's not going to be a 20-point scorer, but if you can manage 17 and 11 or 17 and 12, it's pretty pretty solid. Uh, Lonzo's out, as we know, and Embiid, Levine, we don't know about their statuses at this point. Hawks, Bucks... The next time, both these teams on a back-to-back, no spread or total available. I want to watch DeAndre Hunter. I know who DeAndre Hunter is, but I just want to watch it anyway, just in case I'm wrong. And another one of these ones, you want to talk about biases. I just don't think he's that good. Especially from a fantasy perspective, he'll have a game where he has 17 on 70%, then he'll have eight points on 24%. But all the way through that, he'll get three rebounds, no steals, no blocks. So there's no buffer for a bad shooting night for Hunter, which makes him more of a 14-team league to 16-team league player versus a must-roster 12-team league guy. But I am pretty certain. um, Let's have a look. I'm pretty certain he's rostered nearly every league. Um, I know he's not actually, but there they go. So he's available in 43% of leagues. So people are doing the right thing. I want to see also Trey Young, who started off really inefficiently this season. But I started to pick it up. He's still only ranked 26th this season, mainly because he's shooting under 35% from the field. So there is still a buy low opportunity. But he's averaging 28, 4, and 10. He's also only had two steals in four games. He's not a high steals guy, but that could easily double. Now, there is significant room here for Trey to improve. For the Bucks. I want to watch Brook Lopez because I am pretty confident he's not going to continue to average 4.3 blocks per game. He also has scope to improve, like Trey Young, in his because He's shooting 36% from the field. So let's see how those two things balance and where that ends up with him ranking. I still think he's going to be a back-end guy, but those blocks have been insane. And another guy whose shooting is off is Drew Holiday, He's shooting 31% from the field, including 25% from three. Like these numbers, Drew is the 88th ranked player. He's going to leap up dramatically. So the buy-low window on him is open. Just see how he looks in terms of the shooting numbers. Bogdanovich is out. Middleton's out. Connaughton's out. Ingles is out uh, for the Bucks. The next game we look at is the Grizzlies and the Jazz. The Grizzlies are five and a half point favorites and the total is 233. I'm going to watch Dylan Brooks. And in saying I want to watch Dylan Brooks, um, I don't want to watch him at all because he is the new. Yeah, Hassan Whiteside's gone. He's not in the league anymore. So Dylan Brooks takes this. I can't stand watching this bloke play. Like stopped shooting ever. They are much better if he was healthy. Playing Zahir Williams in that spot. I know Brooks can be a tenacious defender. He also fouls a ton, but he's just an absolute anchor for the offense. Um, I don't believe that he's a 12 team league player. Points leagues, I can see it, but the fact that he is curbing his usage, which is a great thing, um, does reduce his overall value. I also want to watch Brandon Clark. Now, last game, people got back on track. And if you are a big were a big Brandon Clark believer in drafts, you would take that game and be encouraged. I also I look at that and go, eh. Steven Adams got hit in the dick and went to the locker room and Clark's minutes rose literally because of that. That's how I view it. Not that I'm down on Brandon Clark. I like Brandon Clark as a player, but I just don't see the 23-minute-a-night upside for him playing exclusively as a center behind Adams. So I'd like to see what happens if Adams' penis remains untouched and how Clark's minutes look in this game. For the Jazz... Um, this is a back-to-back for Utah. They have Colin Sexton and Walker Kessler both listed questionable for Friday, so I don't know their status in this game. Rudy Gay and Simone Fontecchio are out, and I expect them to both be out with COVID in this one. Um, Isaiah Williams and Jaron Jackson also out for Memphis. But I want to see what Malik Beasley is able to do. He's been at least an option to stream in for points and threes. I wouldn't say that Malik is a must-roster player because of how empty the rest of his line is, but he's 148th. That definitely gives him stream value it gives him appeal in 14-team leagues, and he's averaging 12 points with two threes. And he's also, I guess part of that value is is really buoyed, buoyed by 1.6 steals. But for points and threes, he is an option there. And then Walker Kessler, last two games, minutes way down as teams have gone smaller. Now, they probably don't go as small against the Grizzlies because it's Steven Adams and you need a bigger body out there. But as long as Jared Vanderbilt stays out of foul trouble, I don't really see Kessler getting 24 or 25 a night. And that makes him in that mix of a million backup centers that we all love to hold for their upside. Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Duran, um, Walker Kessler, um, Big Dick Nick Richards, um, and Yekara Kongwu, James Wiseman in that mix. Like, you can't hold all of them. And Kessler probably feels a little bit behind the eight ball there in terms of which ones that I want to hold. Let's go to the Thunder and the Mavs. The Mavs are 10.5-point favorites in this one. The totals 2195 Josh Giddy is out again, so we keep rolling with Trey Mann, who struggled with his shot last game. Someone criticized me. How dare you say Trey Mann struggled? Okay. Like, he shot 41% from the field on 14 points. Like, it's not a particularly good fantasy game. But the minutes are going to be there. The uh, the the usage is going to be there. And he's going to be solid enough to keep holding as long as Giddy and the Bronco Jalen Williams are out. And Williams remains out. Um, and Giddy is out as well as I said Bertans and Nilakina are out on the Dallas side also watch Aaron Wiggins he's strung together two games in a row I don't think he's a 12 team ad but there's only seven games on Saturday so if you are looking for someone who can get a block who can get four or five boards like almost not quite but almost like Caleb Martin level of production that's where Wiggins is at the moment and that might be useful enough for you for the Mavs don't be surprised if at some point in the future Tim Hardaway overtakes Spencer Dinwiddie as the starter I don't think it'll be this game But we saw Hardaway outperform Dinwiddie last game. Hardaway then moves into that. We talk about the plethora of backup centers who you debate whether you hold or keep. The plethora of shooting guards that you debate. Terrence Ross, Malik Beasley. um, Tim Hardaway is going to move into that mix. Um, Max Struess. There's so many of these guys that give you points and threes. And Hardaway might become the next one of those that moves into that group. 14-team league, I think he's got some value. Let's see how that role looks. Or Dinwiddie, I think he is still a hold. But he's a notoriously poor category league performer, much better points league guy uh, because of his inability to get steals, blocks, or rebounds. His low volume threes and poor free throws. It's a bad combination for category leagues. But points, he does jump up. But if he moves into a 25-minute role, 26-minute role, and Hardaway elevates, then he's going to be a lot harder to hold on to. And that's all of the game. So let's look at some back-to-back streams on the weekend. There's only the two teams, and we've been preaching this all week. The Mavs and the Warriors have that four-quality game week, and they've got the back-to-back on Saturday, Sunday. So we're looking at Moxie Kleber, Reggie Bullock, Tim Hardaway, JaVale McGee, Kevon Looney, Moses Moody. Not Jonathan Kaminga, because he's currently out of the rotation. Although, because it is a back-to-back for the Warriors, one of these games, I would expect Clay is going to sit. I don't know about Steph, but he might. And I don't know about Draymond, but he might. But that means we might get an elevation from Poole, an elevation from Moody, a bigger opportunity for Kaminga, a bigger opportunity for uh, Andrew Wiggins. I don't think Looney sits, but he might. But there's going to be opportunities open up for the Warriors because somebody is going to sit one of these games. At least one player, and that's going to be Clay. But maybe multiple, opening up value for other players. If we're looking just for streaming for Saturday for Category Leagues, we've got Caleb Martin. These guys are all available in over 50% of leagues using our advanced roster percentage metric. Caleb Martin, Moxie Cleaver, Reggie Block, Grayson Allen, He's not that good, but there's opportunity there. Malik Monk, Tyus Jones, Javonte Green, and Kevon Looney. And for deeper leagues, these guys are all available in 90% plus. Grayson Allen, Javonte Green, PJ Tucker, Timmy Hardaway. Mm, Timmy Hardaway is available in a lot of spots. George Hill, Chris duarte has been dropped everywhere. Um, Joe Harris and Terrence Davis. And lastly, streaming for points leagues for Saturday, we go Dorian. These guys are all 50% or over on Yahoo's um, roster percentage number. Dorian Finney-Smith, Mason Plumley, Caleb Martin, The Basmati Man, Royce O'Neal, Grayson Allen, Tyus Jones, Moxie Kleber, and Tim Hardaway Jr. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and And If you're on YouTube, straight out the middle. Thumbs, bang, bang, bang. I want those thumbs. I want your thumbs stuck right up. I want your comments. I want your subscriptions. And I want you to just ring that little bell. And that means you'll never miss an episode. So, guys, do all that and follow me. I was going to say something really rude, but I'm not going to. Anyway, we're good. We're done. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.